Hey, what's up, everybody? Caleb Page here with the Fish and Fuel Podcast. I'm really glad that you decided to tune back in today as we uh, cover more tips and tricks on helping you guys uh, be more productive day in and day out on the water. I've got a very great guest with me here today, uh, a friend of mine who is phenomenal in his craft and being able to go out and target uh, crappy just about anywhere he goes. He's a super great angler. Shane, if you would introduce everybody, let everybody know kind of what you got going on, uh, where you predominantly fish, talk about your guide business. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name's Shane Walser. Um, I run and own Yak and Lakes Crappy Guides. We're out of, uh, or I'm out of Lexington, North Carolina. We fish the Yak and Chain most of the time, uh, but we we travel everywhere. You know, we fish Jordan, we fish Harris, um, fish a couple city lakes in Greensboro and all that stuff. But you know. I, that's I'm up for the challenge. I want to go everywhere. I want to fish everywhere I can. That's that's the part of it that that makes us better anglers is is figuring out the the, the different lakes and the different things. So absolutely, and being able to take that information from like different bodies of water and then kind of get a general knowledge of no matter just about where you go, you can be like, well, I learned this technique here. I learned this technique here. You know, and apply it that day. Absolutely, and and what. What helps me the most and is what's helped us the most is not only learning some of that, but also learning what not to do because that helps us eliminate a lot of things in river systems or or clear bodies of water or anything like that helps us eliminate what we don't need to do or attempt to start to fish them tournaments. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Shane is, he's a seasoned angler. He's a, he's a, an expert guide and he also, uh, is part of our company catch the fever outdoors where we make the precision crappy rods and uh, the precision crappy rod series and uh, you've been using those products working with us even on our, our slime line brand as well and Absolutely. you have other sponsors like this guy is highly is highly qualified uh to talk to you about uh tips and techniques to help you as an angler be more productive out there and shane Let's get straight into that. Let's talk about that. You know, right now you're running guide trips and stuff. Things been pretty busy for you. Absolutely. Right now. You know, we've been, I've been blessed this year. Um, been the best winter I've had as far as guide trips. Um, crabby fishing as a whole is growing tremendously. It is, it's wide open. It's growing. Um, of course, some of the electronics and some of the stuff we have now has helped it grow on that way, but when we tournament fish, yeah, we're, we're live scoping. We're, we're single polling. We're going after these fish, but on my guy trips, most of the people that want to go fish, they want to go fish and have fun. Right. That's um, right. 98% of the time we're tight lining on the front of the boat. Right. We're running six to eight rods out the front. We're pushing minnows or pushing jigs. We're up there it, going fishing, having fun is great and doing it, but we're creating memories is what we like to do with I the like customers. That. I mean, the, the families that come out, the buddies that come out that, um, go fishing. I had, I've had some guys the last couple of weeks that's been buddies that grew up kids together and they're 60 years old and they, they fish several times a year. Right. That's, they don't care if they catch five fish or 50 fish. They're out there just to have a good time. But I don't special specialize just in one thing. Um, we do our tight line, we long line, we single pole, we'll do it all. But usually tight line and long line is what most people want to go out, throw the rods out, sit back, have fun and just, mm-hmm. and just create memories along the way. That's exactly right. And that's, that's great. I love that. <clears throat> and Shane, you know, when, when, 
like this podcast is is helping guys try to put the pieces together so when they go out there they know you know they're better anglers and helping them kind of put that process of elimination together and being able to eliminate water and stuff like that uh right now we're about to come into april yeah you know we're spring is right around the corner here in the carolinas you know right when we think we get into spring we get knocked back into winter but that's right it's, or, it's happening right now exactly <laughs> that's exactly right you know going into spring and seeing what those fish are doing you know what can we talk about when it when it comes to spring pattern what are some of the things that you're looking for when you get to the body of water that you're fishing or is there stuff you're looking for before you ever even left for your trip like putting stuff in your mind that's going to eliminate water to help you determine where to catch fish yeah. the the biggest thing that i can tell anglers to better yourself every season yeah and some listen some don't it's just it, it's it's really being strict on yourself right when i go fishing whether it's a good day or whether it's a bad day why not catch but a few fish i have a log book at the house yeah that i write down everything that happens yeah and i've got over 10 years of could be just a bad day of fishing it could have been what the lakes the temperatures keep up with that information that will help you eliminate more water and more time than anything now is it always correct is it always going to be the same no but most of the time I know if I'm fishing, you know, say high rock and I know those fish should be in the mouths of the creeks into February, get into March, water temperatures, all that stuff. Yeah. It plays a factor into it, but a lot of it really pays attention to the moon phases. When these fish are ready to go, I don't care if that water temperature is 52 degrees, 53 degrees. When they're ready to go to the bank and the moon's right and them fish know it's time to go, they're going to go right um you know we're we're blessed to have a river system yeah we've got baden we've got you know clearwater lakes we've got you know we've got a little bit of everything here so we're able to get a lot of data right from different different styles of lakes which right. which i think is what helps us when whenever we go have fun we we fish tournaments and do stuff but it helps tremendously but writing this information down and keeping up with it that's the hardest part um because i say once you get done fishing you just want to go home Right. I mean, everybody's right. ready to go clean fish, cook fish, do whatever. Like, but man, I don't want to have to write all this logged yeah, up, but it, it'd help you. Yeah, but it helps you tremendously. I mean, even if you're a weekend angler, you don't get to go but two or three times a month. Grab three or four buddies. Work as a team. Yeah, that's right. Figure it out. Every time somebody goes, y'all share it. Three, four, five buddies, groups, share that information Absolutely. with each other. And you can really eliminate some time and on the water and all that. Yeah. Um, but the length of the day and the moon and stuff is the length of the day is what I generally follow. I mean, the longer the afternoons, that's when I'm starting to watch for these fish to move and do what they need to do. Let's, a week ago, these fish were on the move. Right. A week and a half, two weeks ago, they were on the move. And last week we had a little cool snap. We're hitting a little cool snap now. But, you know, this past week, these fish were sitting out about 15, 16 foot of water. And they're sitting there. They were... 12 foot deep. They were sitting yeah. right off the bottom and every fish we caught were females. So they're sitting there ready. So if they're not there now, they're, they're right on the verge. So, and each lake is different. You've got to adapt. That's right. And also location, you know, stuff that happens in North Carolina, it might happen sooner down in South Carolina. And then yep. as you start getting to those warmer States, so, you know, it's what the great thing about like this podcast is, is, is no matter what season we're talking about or what month we're in, 
you know, the anglers somewhere else are going to experience that same thing. We're still all fishing for the same fish. It's just, you know, they, they don't have a calendar. They don't know what state they're in. They're just going off the conditions and the conditions always seem to apply. You know, the, the fish are going to do, do the same thing when their water temp, their water temp may not get to 52 degrees until late April, where it may get there for us early April. So it's all about learning those principles. And that's what we're after today. And when you talk about those fish, you know, we're on the move. Let's talk about what were, what, what are those fish doing, you know, from like last month to where you're seeing what they're doing now coming into some of these warmer days. And so, you know, a month ago we were catching these fish out on the river channels or in the Creek channels and all that stuff right out on the main lake. Um, are they we, suspended fishing, yeah, fishing all, brush? Or? All these fish were suspended around here. I mean, there's some yeah. brush, there's some fish you'll find on brush, but this time of year, usually these fish are suspended. Um, but we've been chasing fish out on these channels in 20 to 40 foot of water. And they've just been suspended anywhere from 10, 16, 20 foot down. Yeah. Um, and within the last three weeks, four weeks, we've watched these fish kind of transition with the new technology we've got now and everything right. we've got. Yeah. When we're out there fishing, we see these fish are there. And as I was fishing through that week, the fish were still there, but I could see the numbers starting to, you know, I'm not seeing as many fish. I'm not seeing as many fish. So I started transitioning through that. Trust your electronics. Right. Everybody's on the live scope. Is it good? Is it bad? Yes. It's, it's fantastic. Some people call it cheating. You know, I, I'm going to tell you right now, it, just because you have that live scope and you can see that fish and you can put that bait in front of that fish. Right. Yeah. We've got more bites off of it, but there's times there when I get so aggravated when I see a good fish and I cannot get them to do anything. That's right. Trust your electronics. My number one tool on my boat is my side imaging. I ride and I scan. Even if I've got to spend 30 minutes that morning scanning two or three creeks, I'm going to scan the creeks before I start fishing. Right. Because I want to fish the creek that has, I don't want to say the most fish. I'm looking for the, the the creek that has the most activity. And what I mean by activity is everybody rides down through there on your side scan and you're down imaging. You see them big, beautiful bait balls. Yeah. If I see that, I'm leaving. Right. I want to see smaller bait balls oblong bait balls where those fish are actually feeding and and active and busting that bait up absolutely that's what i'm looking for whenever i'm and i'm scanning once i find those areas whichever area it may be you know i pull into if it's the first creek i go to i may fish it but if i've got something close i may check a couple more but right that's what i'm looking for whenever i'm i'm scanning around and looking because i don't want to those fish in that other area that's, that's, that's not feeding, they'll, they'll turn on eventually. Yeah. But it could be two hours, three hours. It, they may not be the afternoon bite. You're looking for activity going on at that time. And it's funny you mentioned, like, you know, when people mark those big, beautiful bait balls and they're like, oh, man, well, we're around the bait. And it's like, yeah, that's a good thing to find is the bait. But you need to find the active fish that's eating around the that's bait. Right. You know, we've all seen restaurants open and nobody's eating at that time. Yep. And then there's times where it's busy. You got to find where you know, the, the meal is, 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 is being eaten. And, you know, we've talked about on a previous podcast. It's so funny, even with the episodes I've filmed so far is the, the information that crosses over. And oh, yeah. uh, I remember, you know, fishing a lot, you know, uh, in my past and, and, and seeing those big long bait balls and you're thinking, man, this is where it's at. But the activities, what you look for, it's like being, like I said on a previous podcast, it's like being at the state fair, all those people are crowded 
let a let a tiger get out or something yep. like that. People go scattering. That's right. Same thing with that bait. If that bait is going all different types of directions, then you know there's a fish in there that's going after that bait. That's so right. That's where you want to drop your lines, and that's what you're looking for. Yep. And that's exactly what we're looking for. We want that act. We want that active bite at that time. Now, right. pull in there. You may fish an hour or two, and then as you're going along and you're seeing if everything starts tightening back up and it's mm -hmm. grouping, those fish might let off. It's just the decisions you got to make, and that's the big thing with this is not just in crappy fishing, but in bass fishing, catfish, and any of it. It's yeah. all about decisions. That's right. You're going to make bad ones. Right. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make the wrong decision, yep. but you have to make a decision. And you got to be confident. You got to be confident. That's you got to right. be confident in what you're doing. Um, if you don't have the confidence, nothing ever works, That's whether right. it's fishing, light, any part of it. That's exactly right. You're so, you're so right about that. And when you get to that place that you're looking for, you talked about, you know, these fish were out there on the channel catching them in that, you know, deeper water, more suspended. And then you're seeing them transition, you know, as spring starts coming along, you said, you see those females start getting a little bit closer to the Creek mouth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, last, uh, last week, those fish were sitting in about 15, 16 foot of water and they were, they were 12, 14 foot. They were sitting right off the bottom. I mean, if we caught a fish down towards the bottom, it was a, it was a good female. So those fish are transitioning. We caught some big males um, the last week. So, I mean, we caught some beautiful males i mean you throw them in the in the live well and pull them out an hour later they're just i mean just black as the screen is yeah um but these fish are moving um the rain we've had for the last week or so and the and the water and the way they're controlling the water on the lakes and and doing it, it it's it's slowed them up but man the bank bite anytime right now the bank bite should be on fire about anywhere around here yeah what is what is your technique right now with those fish transitioning and kind of moving up what what does your fishing style look like when you're either out there or you know with customers or by yourself when you're targeting these fish right now what is your fishing style what are you what are you doing well right now on, on all of our guy trips like i said we're tight lining mm -hmm. 95 99 percent of the time that's what we love that's 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 the fun fishing. And explain that technique. There's a lot yeah. of people that are crossing over and finding this podcast who don't know what tight lining is. Share that so, kind of what that setup looks like. So what we're doing is I've got six to eight rods out the front of the boat. And me personally, I run 14 foot, you know, catch the fever rod. I like a 14 foot because it's, I've used 16s, 18s and, and 12s and everything else. But a 14 foot is a good rod. It sounds long. A lot of people say that's a long rod. You get out on the, if you hold it in your house, your garage is long. But if you get out on the water, it seems like it's not that far. That's right. That's true. But it's far enough to where you can get the bait away from the boat. And we've got six to eight of these rods. Most time running six rods out the front, and we're just pushing around these creek channels. And me personally, I like to run a medium heavy rod because I run a lot heavy weight. I run three quarter ounce lead is the lightest lead that I run. And that allows you to go a little bit quicker. I can move a little faster with yeah. it. I can cover water. I don't like sitting still. I want to move. I want to find the active fish. It's my goal when you come out and do a trip with me. I mean, I, there's days we might not catch 10 fish. Right. There's days we'll catch 50, 60, or plus fish in a day. But my goal is to cover as much water because if I've got a creek that's not producing on the first 200 yards, I got to get back three, 400 yards if that's where the active fish are. Right. I want to be able to cover that water. Um, as the spring moves on, I'll stay with three quarter as long as I can. But a lot of times when these fish really get up 10 foot of water or less, I'll go to sometimes ounce and a half lead and I'll transition from my minnow rigs, double jigs. And I'll move mile an hour just like I'm low line trolling, but I'm pushing out the front and I'm covering water. Cause what I want to do is I want to push these bait 
by these fish. Right. Especially these males that are pushed up because I want that reaction bite. Yeah. I want that. As soon as he sees it, it there's no thinking. I'm just going to eat. So I run a lot heavier lead and a lot. Most of them run half, three-eighths, but I like to cover a ton of water. That's just the way that I fish. Yeah. And you're trying to rule out water as quick as possible. Too, I'm eliminating know? water. Find out, you know, and you talked about, you know, switching from your minnow rigs uh, onto your jigs. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about that setup. What what is what have you seen, you know, from taking that minnow rig off? There's guys there's like, well, you know, minnows work, uh, you know, all throughout the year. I use minnow rigs all the time. You know, why would I switch to, why do you switch to the, the jig the jig setup? So, so talk about that setup. On my rig, I, I run, I tie everything to my main line. So mm -hmm. I run an eight-pound slime line. And I tie everything to my main line. And what I mean by that is I pull my eight pound line down. I run a hook up that main line. I loop my, my weight through it and tie a, a hook on the bottom. I don't have any swivels. I don't run any extra uh, terminal tackle because the least amount of stuff you put in water to better off, especially when the fish get finicky. Right. So when I make that transition, I'm still running a double minnow rig. But what I'm doing is using that number two hook and I'm just sliding those jigs, those plastics up that hook. Yeah. Now there's times we'll put jig heads on. If we see that they're hitting a, like a pink jig head or if they're doing something, we'll tie a couple of jigs, but some type of pattern. most of the time, most time I'm just sliding that bare plastic right up that hook. Right. And that's what we have seen. And it works good for me because if they come off that jig bite and I, and I notice that I'm going past these fish and they're not reacting, right. I got to slow down. I'm not retying everything. I'm just sliding off the plastic, putting a minute back on, and I'm right back to fishing in just a few seconds instead like of having that. to retie everything. I like that. Also, when I'm covering that water, I want that jig standing out and dancing. Yeah. When I've got just a hook in that plastic, it's going to stand out. She, you know, it's just going to do what it needs to do a whole lot easier because you're not having a 16th or a 30 seconds jig head. It's just that plastic you're dragging. And it also gives like a flutter effect. It, I mean, it'll, just... it'll go through some of the curly tails that I use, you know, you know, custom magic jigs. I've worked with them. Now I'm working with crappy monster on some stuff with it, you know, yeah. to work with these guys now. But some of the, the plastics we've been using is the tail actions and some of the stuff is insane now. Yeah. The one that, uh, you know, me and Charlie at custom magic worked on and you can drag that thing at like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4. And it doesn't flop real hard, but it's, it's still got that action at that slow speed. And that's what we want to design it for is to be able to slow down yeah. and still get that action as much. But you didn't want that tail to lay over no. because once it lays over and everything starts spinning, line twists and all that stuff. So right. we spent we spent a lot of time trying to get it right. And Charles, he's he done amazing getting it, getting it where we needed to be. That's killer because if you can get a bait to react on a, a reaction bite, I mean, you're catching fish that are actively feeding and then ones that honestly, they just didn't have yep. a, a, but a couple seconds to just look at it and just make that yep. decision. So you find those fish that are active and you find those ones that are not as active. A lot of times, if you can get that bait in front of that fish and get the right I'll say profile is my biggest thing. You get the right profile bait in front of a fish, they're going to eat. Right. Colors, yeah, they do make a difference sometimes. But just over the years, the profile is really what's helped us. Right. Get those bites whenever you couldn't. In, we couldn't in the past. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what do these fish, what, what won't they hit versus what will they hit. We go out there and start catching fish and, but, all right, we're catching them on this. Let's change to something. Yeah. 
And most people are like, why you want to change? You're catching fish. Well, I want to, I want some data of the, let's throw a different color. Does it matter? Let's like throw that. another jig head. Does it matter? Let's like throw that. a, let's throw a, a three inch bait. Is, is, does it matter? Right. And a lot of times you can get to within that size profile. If you start changing it tremendously, you'll see that bite change sometimes. I love that. I so, like that. And guys, you will continue to hear me say that throughout this podcast, and it will continue to show itself that the anglers that do really well are the ones that are always looking for the information that makes even the little bit of difference. And I've always said, you know, on the days where you're just out there just hammering the fish and stuff, you don't really learn a lot on those days. You Sure, you know, you put the, the puzzle pieces together, you had a good day on the water, but what about something that you could take away and learn? And a lot of times, those are the times you miss out on it. But I like where you said, well, we're catching fish, we're catching fish, and you're still fishing those baits, but you're starting to switch a few things up to see, Absolutely. does this matter? Is this a shutoff? Is this, you know, that's the stuff that makes great anglers. That's the stuff that is a company, you know, it catches the fever and slime that we want to work with. And I feel like if more anglers just take time to take a second and just say, let me try something else too. I know I'm going to catch these fish. Yep, that's it. Let's try something else to see if we can walk away today a better fisherman. That's right. I mean, data. It, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard to walk it away is. from catching fish, but yeah. um, if you can do that, it helps you a lot. I mean, it really does. I mean, it, when those fish are, you know, whether it's crappy or catfish or whatever else, when those fish are chewing, they're in their feeding zone. They're going to eat. Like I said, those days that we make those changes, we've changed 10 or 12 different colors, 10 or 12 jigs or whatever we're throwing. Sometimes it don't make a difference. If we put it in front of them, they're going after it. And some days we went out there and we figured out stuff going, huh, we put this on sitting side by side. And, you know, my partner, Newell, he's, he's catching fish, catching fish, catching fish. And I put it on, I switch and I'm like, nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah. So we take that and go, okay, there's days that we've took that information and we went back, fished different lakes, different things, and same thing. We can't get in the bottom where we normally, normally are. We're using that day killing them. Yeah. Went to that total op opposite spectrum, started catching fish. Might not have caught, caught a ton, but it was enough to get a few bites. Absolutely. And with some of the tournament stuff that we're doing and everything, yeah. tournament fishing, you don't have to catch 100 fish a day. Right. With electron, if you can get the 7 to 10 key bites that you need, that's all that matters. And sometimes trying those 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 little things like you did is between the guy that didn't get enough bites and the guy that did. That's right. I mean, and like I said, technology is fantastic. Yeah. It's helped out. It's taught, and I still learn every day. I learned last week. Every time I go to water, I'm still learning from this technology we have now. But it's you're learning how the fish are reacting, mm -hmm. how they're supposedly for the last you know, as long, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, what everybody's preached in seminars. Thinking, yeah. Everybody's learning and it's, and it's not knocking anybody. I mean, no. it's learning things, things that we thought fish did 20 years ago. It's totally opposite of what they're doing now. I'm fishing places now that I'd have never even thought about fishing. I'd have never even went to, the, I'd put the boat in the water. I'd have never went that direction. We're fishing a lot of areas now. Like we just, we've been driving past for 20 years. That's crazy. And it's, it is because of this information is now yep. available and we're starting to see what we've been missing, you know, in a lot of ways. And uh, that's the nice thing about technology and change it. Of course, we all see the old school aspect of it and still being able to go out there and catch fish. But at Absolutely. the same time, being able to utilize this technology to get more information as an angler so we can make better decisions while we're out there. Oh, yeah. 
and it, 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 the technology is great. You know, if you're going to fish these tournaments and stuff, if you don't have, I'm not saying you can't compete without it, you know, but it, it's hard to compete without some of the technology now. Right. Um, but a lot of fishing that we do, I mean, we're still doing, I'm, I'm still doing the same way I've always done it. Yeah. Um, we're tight line and we're using it and, and we do a lot of, do a lot of trips. I've got two next week and a couple the following week. These guys won't learn how to read and, and learn their electronics. Right. Not talking live. These guys want to go out and like, uh, down scan 2d and down imaging side imaging. That's what we're working on. That's right. Trusting your electronics on it. Because if you don't trust your electronics, don't go spend thousands of dollars and put them on. If you're just yeah. going to go fish from a whim and just go, Hey, we're going to go where we're last year. Right. Just go fish. Don't That's spend right. all that money on electronics, but get the electronics, learn how to read them. See, learn what you're seeing. Right. When you're out there and you get into these fish and you're catching these fish, turn around, and look at your electronics. Yeah, it's fun. I, first thing I do on a guide trip and we're out there, we're catching fish and I've seen, I'm looking at my side image and my down image and my, all my, you know, Garmin, I'm seeing what's there. Right. So I know what to look for when I go to the next spot, to the next lake, to the next thing. Cause it's, it, it's, if you, if you know what you're catching, you need to know what you're seeing. That's right. So that way, you know, how, when, when you come across that situation again, you're able to recognize that's right what it is you're doing and what's happening Which there in front of you. It goes right back to the bait ball. You know, I'm, I'm looking Absolutely. for certain specific, I want to see that bait busted up. Absolutely. Well, I fish areas that are loaded with bait that, that aren't, that isn't busted up. Yeah. Sometimes if I know the fish are there and I was there yesterday and they fed it at eight o'clock and I'm there at seven 30. Yeah. I'm going to be in there sitting on them, but that's the data that I, I knew. Cause I was there yesterday. I was there last week. I was there last year. I knew, I know what's coming. That's right. But, and that's great. And being able to utilize your, you know, the, the, the fish finder or the graph that's on your boat, it rules out a lot of water and it tells you a lot of places where not to fish and where to fish. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, your side imaging is one of the most important things on the boat. Absolutely. Let's say we're just going out on a, a random body of water, uh, this, you know, this evening, and we're going to go target crappy and, uh, see if we can put some in the boat, look for some really nice ones. What are some key areas that you would look for on, you know, a, a lake today? I mean, I know it varies by lake by lake, but if it is those, you know, creek mouths, um, is it the creek mouths? And if it is, how are you starting out by using your, your graph, you know, to, to see, you know, what's fishable? So when, when I'm going out and I'm fishing this time of year and I'm going to use my side imaging, just, just being the time of year it is, I'm going to start out 20 foot of water or less. Okay. Start out. Uh, I'm going to start out in the mouths of the creeks. It may be a little bit deeper, but 20 foot of water or less is where I'm going to focus this time of year. Yeah. And if I'm all, if I'm going out fishing during the day and that morning, I'm going to be fishing the west side bank. Because I want that sun coming up. That's the side that the sun's going to hit the most. The water's going to warm up faster. And great information for, for, for what we're looking at too. We on the yak and chain, we got muddy water. I mean, where it's yeah. red mud. It's it is what it is. That muddy water is going to warm up faster. Mm -hmm. So you may be out there in 20 foot of water. That water temperature may be 55 degrees. Go back there in four or five foot of water. That water temperature could be 61, 62 already. Right. It's going to cool off faster. And it's in it at night because it's shallow, but it's going to heat up faster. And those fish are going to be, they're not, they may come out of there at night when it cools off, but they're not going to go all the way back to 20 foot. They're going to find that comfort area area in 20 or 10 
15 foot of water. Which is why you start out in there. You're trying and to find. I'm moving back as I start to see fish. I want to find 20 foot of water. Once I start seeing fish, I find that leading edge of fish. Then I'll start fishing them. That's that way I'm pushing in. I should be pushing into the bigger fish or the majority of the fish that are moving back early. And that little bit of information right there will speed a guy's game up tremendously. I mean, because what ends up happening as anglers, guys who are just getting in it, and some of us, some guys that that do it all the time, you get out there and you're like, all right, what where do I start from here? But just looking at what you're talking about, you know, getting on that side of, of the creek where or fishing that side of the lake with that creek where the sun's going to hit it first, you know, as uh, you take a small cup of water with only an inch of water in it and put it in the microwave, it heats up way faster than a full cup of water. So what you're saying is absolutely, it makes sense. You know, those fish, as it gets dark, that water gets shallow. So through the night, when you weren't out there, they pushed out. So that's where you start. And then, you know, you're on the side of the lake where it's going to heat up faster and you're going to follow those fish in and let them direct you. That's right on where you're going to go. And that right there, guys, if you're listening to this, that right there saves you a ton of time. I mean, Shane's really cutting, cutting, cutting uh, your time in half. There's, there's a lot of it. There's going to be areas on your lake that just have fish in it. And they're there like clockwork every year. Yeah. There's certain creeks on every lake that I fish that, you know, that I know that if I hadn't been there in three months, I know where I'm going to start with. Yeah. I'm going to be in the general area, but it's took years of fishing and years of notes. I'm telling you, I'm, that's where it goes back to your notepad. It's aggravating. It's and with the electronic phones today. You ain't even got to write it down. Go in your phone, go to the note section, click on that notepad section, and you can make as many notes in there, touch to talk or whatever, and just, Say, hey, here's what I got. Here's what I did today. And you're done. Yep. You're done on your ride home. You're doing it on your ride home and you're over with. That's exactly right. Store it on your computer, store it in your phone, store it wherever. But that will, you do that for two years, two seasons or two, two full seasons out of the year. You'll get so much more data. You'll be out there fishing more and catching than you are than, than what you have been in the past. Absolutely. I I truly believe it because I, I did it. I mean, that's. I started in over here in Raleigh fishing, you know, the big eye crapman tournament, all these guys. If you want to learn some of this tournament fishing, you know, me and two of my buddies, we run Yakin River Crappy Trail. There's a ton of trails out there to fish. Don't be intimidated by some of these trails. Right. Big eye crapman trails, 25 bucks to go fish in the tournament. You ain't got to fish in the tournament. You ain't got to fish out. Show up at the weigh-in. Right. Talk to the anglers. Absolutely. Talk to some of these guys. Absolutely. You'd be amazed at what you just hear. Yeah. Um, whether it's in, it doesn't, from what I've seen over here, it doesn't matter if it's bass, if it's crappy, if it's catfish, you pattern these fish. Mm-hmm. Any of these anglers, you're going to see them on certain bodies of water every time. They've got their spots. They know where the fish should be. They might not be at that one spot this time this week or whatnot, but I'm telling you, if you, if you watch it, there's patterns to all of this. Yeah. And you're going to see, whether it's the guys that are always winning, the guys that are in the top 10 or wherever you're at, these guys are going off the information they've had from the past. That's right. They may adjust a little bit to where they need to. The same way with us. We got we go to a certain lake, you go to High Rock, everybody's going to say, well, I know where these guys are going. 
yeah, we've won tournaments up there, but we also won tournaments not there with some of the new technology and it's took us to other places. Right. That's where you cannot ever be not willing to learn yeah. on this. Things happen, things change, everything adapts. That's right. These fish are adapting to this technology. I'm telling you, it's, it's, we've seen it. We see it. I see it every day. You see, they're adapting to some of this stuff. That's just like you going out to eat. If you go somewhere and you go out to eat and the food just isn't as good as it used to be, or something doesn't seem right, you don't go there anymore. Right. I mean, and it's part of it. It really is. I mean, some of this technology is sending out, and I can't tell you how many, what the power is, but you hear the pulses. pulses. Yeah. You can these hear it fish, in the water. If yeah, you put your head down in the water, you can hear yeah, that. Stuff. These fish are adapting to it. Yeah. They know what it is. They know that it shouldn't be there. They know that it ain't right. So they adapt to it just like we adapt as humans the, every day. Yep. I mean, it's just part of it, but you know, it's, it's learning. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, if you stay in the same road, you're never going to get to a new destination. That's exactly right. So you're so right. You're absolutely right, Shane. And I like how you said, you know, you know, showing up to some of these tournaments, because honestly, I mean, you can spot the guys that do really well or put their time in, you know, and even if they had a bad day, I want to go over there and say, Hey, look, what did you do today that it didn't quite pan out? I want to hear that side of the story just as bad as I want to hear the guy who won it. And he wants to take time to talk about what he did to make it happen today. That's right. I want both sides of the story. And if you're showing up or like, you know, you call and book with Shane, I mean, you could speed your learning curve up tremendously, you know. And that's one thing that I can attest. And that's how I started years ago. Um, Don't be afraid. It don't have to be me. If you want to learn the technology, and I was stubborn. Mm Mm-hmm. Whenever I started into this, I was like, I'm going to get it. I went and bought the stuff. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fish. I'm going to fish. And I can tell you to this day, and 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 Rod King, the one that runs the Big Eye Craft Man, he'll tell you this day, I fished over there in my Carolina skiff, and I watched these guys weigh in 9, 10 pounds, 9, 10 pounds, 9, 10 pounds. I fished several tournaments. So I go up that day, and I've got like 10 and a half pounds. I'm like, I got this. Yeah. I've got this. This is mine. Yeah. I show up, and I'm like four from the bottom. And I mean, there's 20 teams ahead of me. They're 13 pounds, 14 pounds. But you know what? It, it's learning from those. I'm like, all right, where are these guys? I didn't see these guys. Went and talked to them. What did y'all do? Well, I was still fishing 15, 16 foot of water. What time of year was this? It was about? spring. It spring was springtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I'm in a creek and there's several boats in there with me. And yeah. I'm just, I finally get a, you know, I'm a pound and a half average fish. And this is back years ago. Like, man, I got this. You're like, I got this. And, I'm, I'm, I'm winning this one. And then and I'm like, and they're like, man, did you not pay attention to the water? I'm like, what are you talking about? Pay attention to the water. I said, well, the last two days, the water temperature went up eight degrees. Well, we had no wind for the last two days. The water temperature shot up and then fish put it in high gear. And they went right back less than five foot of water. That wind will cool water off very quickly. And, and warm it if it, yep. if it hadn't been there. Exactly. They went back there. Everybody else went. Three, four hundred more yards, and they were on the big fish. Just something. That, I mean, something that simple, that quick. And it was one of those things. It was like, I, and that's what I'm telling you. Water temperature can have an effect of it when there's certain things. But at the time of the day, also, the amount of sunlight that that water gets, the longer that day gets, the closer you're going to get because that water's getting more sunlight every day. So it'll warm up a whole lot faster. Right. 
So it's just those little key things. When you think you got it figured out, you're just scratching the surface. Yeah. It's the details inside the details that that really make it pan out. I like that. I really like that. And, you know, I guess one of the key fundamentals that we can put together with this podcast, you know, for today, you know, talking about springtime crappy fishing is, you know, I guess with the weather and the water temperature, you know, if, if it's, is it, is it safe to say kind of listening to you talk like, you know, if, if we're coming into spring and those cooler days tend to rear their head again, those fish tend to back out a little bit. And then if we have consistent, like a week's worth of 70 degree water temperature stuff, you'll find yourself further in those pockets or, or, or creeks and stuff like what is, what's the transition that you see? Because in springtime, the weather is all over the place. We got Absolutely. three yeah. cold days and then we'll have yep. three warm days. What do you see the fish doing based on the weather? What should a guy be thinking when these weather patterns change? The length of the day in the moon phase, whenever this moon, we get this full, this last full moon we had, these fish were almost on the banks and in and, and our area, high rocks, I mean, the muddy water killed it. Mm-hmm. it. It really killed it because it, there was guys there. They were catching them on the bank. We caught some fish up shallow too. We caught a couple of fish, but the numbers of fish had pulled off a little bit. They didn't go far. Right. A lot of people want to make that assumption if they're in 10 foot, they went back to 20. No, those fish find a comfort zone. They may have been in 10 foot of water. And most of the fish we caught were 10, 12 foot deep. They'd ease back out to 15 foot. They'd found that comfort zone. They ain't, they don't have to go all the way back out. They just, they went back out and they got comfortable. So that way, when it's ready, they're ready to go back up. But as far as the warming, how many days of warm weather, how many days of cold weather, sometimes it affects them. Sometimes it doesn't. It's just go out there, run your graph, and see it's what's happening. Figuring out what's going on. But I'm going to tell you, you give me three nights above 60, better be up shallow. Right. Because if you got three nights above 60 degrees and warm temperatures, 58 to 60, then fish are going to start rolling. Yeah. That's just, uh, that's something I believe, and some people may not, but that's just what works for me. And that's right. And that's what we've got. Will you give me three 58 to 60 degree nights? And that water temperature is going to be right there on top of it, and the yeah. fish are going to be on the move. So these guys listening, I mean, when if they get three nights like that, they need to, you know, call the boss, man. They're not feeling so well. The next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just if you do it, don't post pictures. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I like that meme. The guy goes in, and he was out sick, and he's got the sunglass tan. Yep. That's right. Yeah, you might want to take your mask with you that day yep. so you don't get that's the right. sunlight tan. Well, that's that's really good information. I like that. And you keep talking about the moon phase. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and how, and how you see where that 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 moon phase determines. You know, this it's going to be on or or, there, or what those fish are acting to. There's no, you know, some guys believe in it, some don't. Some of them's all about the water temperature and all sure. that stuff. But just from what I've learned, I've learned a lot over the last year or so to. The moon phase, to me, makes a difference because usually that full moon at that time of the year and the water temperature, and, and like I said, this is just me talking. The sure. water temperature, I don't care if it's 53, 54 degrees. They, they're going to go up if they're ready to go up. They might not lay. They might not do their thing, but they're going to be there real close to when it's time, they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that full moon you know, in, in, in March is usually key. February, we're catching fish shallow in February, but it's a lot of times it's fish that are in them areas that don't ever leave the areas either. Right. Resident um, fish. You have to pay attention to your body of water, mm-hmm. to the lake you're fishing, 
and we got High Rock and Baden in Tuckertown that are kind of all right there within earshot of distance of each other. I mean, it's the fish on Baden are totally different than High Rock. When I start chasing fish on High or on Baden and I see them going to certain areas, they've already been there and probably come out on High Rock already. Right. Because it's it, it's a totally different lake. It's a deep water. It's a clear body. Now, it gets muddy like the rest because it all flows down a chain. Sure, but sure. it's a clear body of water. So you just have to take that information and, and again, take the information that doesn't work and keep that as much as you do the information that does work. Right. Because that helps you eliminate if you decide to go to South Carolina or Virginia or anywhere else. It, it may not all be exactly the same, but it gives you a, a baseline to kind of go, hey, I fished a river system. Yep. This is more like baiting. Let's approach it that way a little bit and see if it pans out. Yeah. And so it, it's just a big fishing. I don't care what, 90% of us luck. Right. You're going to be on the fish. You can find the fish. 90% of us luck. You can just make your, your luck go up by putting, you know, by getting more odds in your favor. Put the and, time in. And that's what I like about the fish and fuel podcast and why guys should listen is to, to these shows is because you can get little grains of information that apply to you or, or see where you could do something differently to help you build a foundation yep. that no matter where you go, you can say, all right, here's what I do. Here's what I see that works. You know, this is what I learned and can apply that base foundation anywhere you go to start ruling out water. That's right. And one of the things that I liked about you as a guide, and I think is great uh, when I had, you know, I had talked to you about people calling and booking trips with you. You said, and also guys, if you want to book me to come out on your body of water. Yep, absolutely. Help you break it down and try to figure out that to me, that is awesome. I mean, because that shows you have your foundation, you have your base, and you're going to come out there and you're going to say, all right, look, we're in this together. We're going to break this down and we're going to find where the fish are. You're going to see what I did to do that. Yep. And that to me, I've never heard that service offered and I would have that in a minute yep. if I knew it's, and it does, it, you know, I've got guys that come down, you know, they drive two or three hours to fish and, and I'm lucky to have some of the customers that's really turned into friends on yeah. a lot of it is, you know, it's, we go to some of their lakes they want to fish. They love coming to the lakes that we fish because we've got some, you know, high rock lake, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's underrated for what it's got. Yeah. And that's why we're pushing as hard as we are to make these, some of these lakes destination lakes. Absolutely. You know, that's Where guys come and, you, you know, see some... you've got Grenada, you've got, you know, uh, Alabama, you got Gunnersville, you've got all these big lakes, you've got the lakes in Florida, you've got all these lakes in Tennessee, Kentucky. High rocks, no different than any one of them. Right. That's right. I mean, you seen last week, you know, four pounder, three pounder at over 17 pounds. Yep. This is a four pounder behind me, by the way, guys, if you can see that fish, <laughs> he's just over four pounds and he's caught on Kerr Lake on a customer of ours, Kevin Davis. He caught on our six pound slime line. And he said, do you mind if I bring him up here? I said, heck yeah, yeah. you can put him up here. But to see those fish come yep. out of a body of water, I mean, and, and guys can go out there and you see several of them caught, it turns into a destination. Oh yeah. I mean, it, anywhere you go, I don't care what it, you go put, if you get into double digits, you put 10 and a half pounds of fish. That's good fish. That's mm -hmm. seven good fish you've put in the boat. 
when you start putting up some number, you know, starting to stay in that 12 and a half to 14 pound range, mm -hmm. you've got a good quality of fish. Yeah. Not everywhere can be like Mississippi, which is the goal. I mean, it is, it's land of the giant. I mean, yeah. it's Texas is getting some, is getting a hammer, right? I mean, Texas got some giant fish in it. Um, but you can go catch some awesome fish here local. And that's part of what we're pushing is trying to get these destinations back in to these areas, North Carolina. I mean, it's, Everybody wants their hometown and their lakes to be what it is, but yeah. we've got the potential to Absolutely. put this late high rock on the map and, and several lakes here, Jordan, Harris. I mean, several other lakes too, but high rock special This put out the last two years has really showed what it can do. So. And we have plans to, to do a lot of filming and video and with you, uh, going in from this year and even into next year, I mean, yep. We're going to be putting out a lot of content working with Shane where guys are going to really see what a special fishery that he's talking about. And if you want to come out and see, uh, you know, and, and learn and, and, and get a hold of Shane, absolutely. I would definitely tell you to, to, to call and book him and, and come out there and check out what High Rock and some of these surrounding areas have to offer. And even watching the podcast, you know, doing this stuff here, you know, I, I'm here in North Carolina. Whether you're seeing this in whatever state you're in, and you're wanting to learn and get into this stuff. Mm -hmm. The thing that I did, and I think the thing a lot of people are scared of is go book a trip with a guide. Mm -hmm. Call the guide. And I, and I do it too. We do electronics trips. We get on your boat, do the thing. I promise you, you go spend that three to $500 on that trip. Yep. You'll learn more than that six, seven, eight, or however many hours it is. You will learn more by spending that money than what you spend in gas money trying to figure it out in six months by yourself. That's a fact. Because you know this guy's not going to, he's going to show you what he needs to know. You're going to learn more. And like I said, not just live scope stuff. Everybody wants to learn it. But I'm telling you, with your side imaging and learn how to read that, you can move around five, six miles an hour. And yeah. that's covering a ton of water. Right. To, to where you may ride for an hour, but when you get there and fish for three, you've caught more fish in three hours than you caught in the last three trips. Right, right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's worth the investment. If you can do it, grab a buddy, go do it, whoever it is. Yeah. I mean, just figure out and, and learn from these guys. Absolutely. When it, when you look at how much money you spent targeting these fish, the gear and everything, and, and, and really put a number on that, your guide fee for the day is cheap. Yep. Oh my Absolutely. goodness. It's so cheap. I mean, you are literally getting sped up and fast forward by booking yep. with a guide and booking Absolutely. with them each season. So you can learn the different patterns that's, and stuff that's, like that. That's the big thing. Like I said, if you're getting ready to set up a boat or rig it, and you don't know how you want to fish, go go with a guide to do tight lining. Yeah. Go with a guide to do long line trolling. If yep. you want to do single pole, find a guy that specializes, and that's all he does. There's yep. guys that's all they want to do. To me, I like to fish. I like to have multiple rods. I like I love single pole, and that's what we do when we're tournament fishing. That's that's just what we enjoy with too. Yeah. But also. I love tight lining. I love pulling jigs out the back of the boat. I love doing it all. Right. Because when a customer calls us, hey, I really want to learn this. All right, this is the time of year we need to do it. This is the month we need to go do it in. If that's what you want to learn, then you can do it all season with any of it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But when I got somebody come to me and say, hey, I want to catch fish, well, we need to do it within a certain, because I'm, anybody's good at any of it. Throwing jigs out the back of the boat, you can do it. There's guys that got an art to it. Eddie Moody, he's he's great at it. I mean, he's, he's be on the podcast as he's, well. He's fantastic. At it. I'm I feel confident what I'm doing with it, but 
I feel more confident on tight line and doing stuff because I can focus on things more. Yeah. Um, but tell these guys what you want. Yeah. That's the thing. Tell them what you're wanting out of the trip. That's the biggest thing. Um, trips this week and next week. I, you know, like I said, there's three or four of them, two, one or two this week, one or two next week. These guys don't care if we go out and catch three or four fish. Yeah. They want to learn. They want to be able to go out and do this and, 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 and apply it to their fishing, their boat and their kids or their grandkids or their buddies and go out and do it. That, that, that's, that's what it's all about is growing the sport. Absolutely. So you're exactly right. I love it. And, and we're going to have you back on the podcast. I mean, this was just basically just talking about springtime techniques yep. and what you do, what you're finding successful, what some of the things that you're looking for, depths of water and, and, and you talked about it with your rigs. I mean, you really covered a lot of stuff really quick and gave a lot of really good stuff out there. And we're going to have you back and we're going to go over a podcast where we talk about live scope, where we just basically talk about live scope. So guys, if you're, if you're following the podcast and you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Spotify, you know, we're going to have Shane back on this show and we're going to go over those, those, uh, new somewhat new like the live scope deal a lot of guys are trying to figure out more information yep. about that that's right i know you absolutely love uh the live scope as well mm -hmm. we're gonna have him back on here where we're gonna be sharing those uh tips and tricks on what he does uh to make each trip successful um using that technology shane i really appreciate you coming on the show here with us and just no giving problem. us a little bit of what you know oh, yeah. and uh sharing that it's, with anglers it's all about growing the sport like i said crabby fishing is 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 blowing up it is. It, it's going crazy. But you can't, you know, a lot of people, there's still a ton of people out there. The sports grew and it's done. There's still a lot of people that just like to go fish. Yeah. And that's what we're here for. That's what I, that's what I, but the passion of watching a father and a son or two buddies and them get out there and, you know, and, and just beat each other up talking crap. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, keeping up, don't put my fish on this side, put his on this side. We're going to figure out what we're doing. Yeah. You know, that that's the part of it. But, as to Caleb, I, I appreciate you having me back on. If you've got questions or if you've got stuff like that, get on the Fish and Fuel when you see this podcast. Write those questions Absolutely. down that you want to talk about. We'll rip the list down and we'll go over the topics if we've got it. That would be great. Absolutely, yeah. Like you just said, if you've got questions, put them in the comments or shoot us a message and say, hey, look, next time you have Shane on, here's what I'd like to know. Email us. Uh, it's fishandfuel1 at gmail.com. Our email is on the, uh, the uh, Facebook page. You can go shoot us an email and say, right. hey, look, I listened to Shane's podcast. I'd like to know more about this. You talked about this. I'd let us know, and we'd be glad to uh, have another show about Absolutely. that. Talk about it. Well, Shane, thank you again. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and reach out to you to either fish one of the tournaments that you're working with or also they want to book your guide service trip, tell us what the best way to do that. The best way to get, to find me is go to uh, Yak and Lakes Crappy Guides. Um, I write a Facebook page there. Um, we've got some instagram um or either you know we play around with tiktok a little bit have yeah. a little fun with it you know but facebook or you can look me up on my personal shane walser um but if you'll shoot me a message on yak and lace crappy guides or give me shoot a message during the day i promise you, if you call i'm i promise you i'm not ignoring you just <laughs> shoot me a message i'll call you when i get off the water because you shoot me a text i can text you back on that but uh the my number is three three six nine seven eight three seven three seven but just give us a call or shoot us a message or find us on facebook and we can help you as much as we can absolutely that's great thank you shane for being on the show we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the fish and fuel podcast 
And uh, if there's anything that you've got questions for, like we said, let us know. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next Fish and Fuel podcast.